Welcome to another podcast on 1 Peter. My name is Tim Carter, and I'm here with Ian Rose and Julie Shimizu. I'm going to start by inviting you to praise God with us, using words from Psalm 34, verses 1 to 3. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let's exalt his name together. God the Father, God beyond us, we adore you. You are the depth of all that is. You are the ground of our being. We can never grasp you, yet you grasp us. The universe speaks of you to us, and your love comes to us through Jesus. 
God the Son, God beside us, we adore you. You are the perfection of humanity. You've shown us what human life should be like. In you, we see divine love and human greatness combined. God the Spirit, God around us, we adore you. You draw us to Jesus and the Father. You are power within us. You give us abundant life and can make us the men and women we are meant to be. Father, Son and Spirit, God beyond, beside and around us, we adore you. Amen. We turn to Psalm 34 and verses 4 to 8 for our Bible reading. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And here in this place of prayer, in this quiet and unlaboured time, we look back and reflect on this past week. As your people, we've known joy, comfort, fatigue and pain, love and hope, loneliness and strain. But as we cast our thoughts back, Lord, give us eyes to see that you have been with us all along. Give us hearts to know of your presence, not just today, but every day in our walk with you. Enable us in our worship to remember your constancy in every moment of our lives. You are the God who freely loves. You have no needs or requirements. The whole universe belongs to you. You are infinite, majestic and glorious. Yet you concern yourself with us. You care for us. You know us. In Jesus Christ you walked among us and demonstrated a love so perfect that we will never be able to comprehend its depth and width and height. Lord, we bless you. Amen.
God of love, freedom, hope, and joy, we bring to you those who long to be free, who are trapped, enslaved, imprisoned in various ways, but especially those wrongly imprisoned, or because they fight for justice, speaking out against the tyranny of government, or have a faith that is censored. We pray for those who seek asylum and refuge from their past, and who now live in detention centres. We beg you to help those condemned to any form of slave labour, working unbearably long hours with little or no pay. For those whose lives are seen only in terms of gain, trafficked, human lives, bought and sold. We ask for your strength for those whose captivity is daily pain or a diagnosis that feels like an incarcerating sentence. And please be the comfort for those who mourn the passing of one dear to them and for those who have loved freely and long to love again. You love each of us eternally. Enfold us in your embrace and Father, all this we ask for your sake and in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who came that we should live life to the full. Amen. I'm reading from 1 Peter 3, 8-22. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart and a humble mind. Don't repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now who is there to harm you if you're zealous for what's good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you'll be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honour Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defence to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you're slandered, those who revile your good behaviour in Christ may be put to shame. For it's better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. 
being put to death in the flesh, but being made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in, in prison, because they formerly didn't obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought to safely through water. Baptism which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities and powers having been subjected to him. Mind how you go. Is that a phrase you've heard or used yourself? It's something you might say to someone as you bid them farewell. It means, take care. It's a call to pay attention, just to keep our wits about us as we head off into the unknown. I think there are a number of different ways in which Peter tells us to mind how we go in this passage. The first is a call to us to come to a common mind, to share love and concern for each other, to be kind and humble. These things don't necessarily come naturally or easily to us, especially when we're under pressure. There's a natural tendency for us to turn in on ourselves. But Peter encourages us to be mindful of others, to play our part in building strong relationships, to develop a mindset of love and concern and kindness to other people. So he tells us to mind how we go in our relationships, particularly with difficult and awkward people. One of the tough parts of being a Christian, of following in Jesus' footsteps, is that when people are nasty and unpleasant to us, we're called to absorb that and respond with goodness. It takes grace to treat people well when they treat us badly. It's about having the dignity and the confidence not to allow them to treat us as doormats, and also not to descend to their level by responding in kind. And that takes prayer. And this way in which Peter tells us how to mind how we go flows out of the first. Watch your tongue. Watch what you say and how you say it. Don't say unkind or dishonest things. Instead, ask God to show you the road that leads to peace. Recognise that he is watching over you and is ready to listen to your prayers. Don't forget that massive spiritual resource which is available to you. And as you go, be mindful of God's presence with you. Honour Christ in your heart. And remember too that wherever you go, you go as Christ's representative and you are on duty 24-7. So be on the lookout for those times when there's an opportunity to talk about your faith so that when the subject comes up, you're not caught off guard. Always be prepared, Peter says, to answer anyone who might question you about what you believe, what you believe and why you believe it. So get that straight in your own mind. If your faith matters to you, and I hope it does, then be ready to talk about it. Not, not ramming it down anyone's throat, but showing them kindness and respect so that what you say matches up with how you say it. And be prepared as well for people to give you a hard time over this sometimes. Peter warns his readers to expect opposition. There will be times when people will attack you for doing the right thing, and that happens because the values and standards of our society don't match up with the values and standards of God's kingdom. Sometimes following the crowd and following the Jesus will take us in two very different directions, and following Jesus won't make us popular. 
be ready for that. And remember that you belong to God. Christ died to redeem you and rose again to save you. That's why he's the only one who can bring you safely through death and out the other side. And baptism expresses that, Peter says. You die with Christ to a sinful past and he gives you a new life and a clear conscience for the future. Peter compares this to Noah and the ark, which carried him and his family safely through the floodwaters of destruction to a new life the other side. You belong to Jesus now, and he's the one in overall charge. So mind how you go. You're living your life for him. Rejoicing in the life of Christ and in the joy of the Holy Spirit, may God restore you and shape you in his ways in this coming week. Amen. <laughs>